Welcome everybody to Three Wide in the Middle of Your Home for All Things Racing with me. My name is Thomas Brandon and joining me as always, my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? Icy, but good. Good, yeah. We're starting really early today, at least early for me, because we're trying to trying to beat the storm out where you're at. They're calling for catastrophic ice. So it's uh, good to see you made it home from uh, from work this morning. Oh, me too. Had to kind of dirt track it down a side road, but it's all right. <laughs> well, that's good. Good thing you got all that experience from the real life so you can make yeah. it. <laughs> uh, you think I'm a semi-professional sim There you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. But uh, I'm glad I made it. Yeah, me too. Yep. Semi-professional sim racer. Comes in handy <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right well we got a couple of things that we want to cover today um we got some stuff that we want to talk about uh in nascar some uh some dirt stuff big news came out about um our chili bowl winner tanner thorson literally right after we did the the last podcast and then some really interesting stuff happening over in the world of outlaws that we're going to talk about because uh there's a, a a big name missing um, from you know one of their headline series, and so we're gonna dive into that. But first up, we've got the we've got the clash coming up this weekend, and NASCAR ran a I guess you would call it a an exhibition um, a couple nights ago in the clash. Uh, did you get a chance to see that, Keith? Um, I did not. I was busy at work. I, I didn't get to sit down and, and watch it at all. I, I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, you know, I didn't get to see um the whole thing because we were actually running our league at the time. Um, you know, speaking of sim racing, but uh, a couple of the guys um were talking about it uh, because they were watching it as, you know, as we were as we were doing that. And it was it was really interesting because they did a eye racing exhibition clash on it. So it was from what I heard a lot of follow the leader and then it got, you know, more dicey at the end. I know one of you know Joey Lejon one of the things that came out was Joey Logano saying, you know, basically you gotta you know, it's being brought up because his thing is, is look, you got, you got to be, if you're going to move somebody, you got to be comfortable with being moved. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this weekend <laughs> in this clash. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, it's going to be short track racing at its finest. It's, I mean, unfortunately with that short track, I mean, it's one lane. It ain't like you can jump up to the top shelf and, and run up there. You'll be in no man's land. So, I mean, from what I've seen, in order to make a pass, you had to, I'm not going to say rough a guy up, but you definitely had to move him. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, um, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens. It's a, it's a really tight track. It's, you know, we've talked about it in terms of sim racing. You know, I've, I've actually ran on it in the sim. Um, and it's a, you know, for those of you who, for those of you who have not seen the iRacing platform, um, and there's you know there's a there's a ton of us, and I'll I'll throw me and Keith in there as well because we're we're guilty of it we're guilty of it ourselves. There's a ton of us who love to complain about all the stuff that iRacing gets wrong when in reality they really get a lot right considering what they're doing. And one thing that they got incredibly right, I mean, is 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 close to correct as I think you can get without it being real life. And this is just me from everything that I've seen and images and, you know, the breakdown of the track is they did a really good job of modeling this. Now, iRacing is actually the way that NASCAR has been using them lately is actually really interesting because NASCAR has realized that iRacing can be a valuable tool. So when they before the reconfiguration of Atlanta, okay, the you know the the group that owns Atlanta actually and NASCAR they went to iRacing and said, hey, look, this is what we're wanting to do, and iRacing was able to provide them different models, different you know options. Hey, this these are the things that we can do, like, and you can test it out before you have to build the track. Now that's an incredible valuable resource because think about how much it would cost to build it and then you end up with something 
maybe like Texas, right, where you've got this turn one and two that is, in my opinion, horrible. And now the only way to fix it is to literally tear it all up and start over. So iRacing actually was able to model this long before they ever had to build it. And that was the way that they were able to kind of test it and see what they were going to do. And they've done a very good job of it. And like I said, it's incredibly accurate. And in the sim, you don't get out of second gear. All right. In these cars. Um, and now with the horsepower package that they've got, it is it's going to be incredibly hard to drive because the gear that you're running, the, the torque that these cars now have, because these aren't the 550 one. These are the 670 and it's a lot of power. And just in the sim, it's it's a little hard to keep it straight. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys actually try to get around each other. Uh, make passes, how much beating and banging there's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and I, th I think uh, to add to it, I think you're going to see guys be somewhat conservative too because I've paid attention to Twitter the past, I don't know, three or four days or so, and I've seen some cup crew chiefs post stuff and then turn around and delete it. I guess Stuart Haas and a bunch of other big, big teams, and I, I'm sure the little teams too. They're only taking one car to Daytona because they don't have another car. So, yeah. unfortunately for them and, and NASCAR in general, you have one car, you're going to take it to a short track, probably beat the ever-living hell out of it, and then hurry up and drive halfway across or all the way on the other side of the United States, get the car ready for Daytona. Now it's kind of like, uh, what happens if you destroy a car at the Coliseum? Yes. Yes. And that was something that was said that they, you know, not everybody is going to be at the clash. Now, it looks like the vast majority of them are going to. I, there's not too many that are not showing up. I'd say there'd be a good chunk of them. Yeah. I mean, if it was me and I owned a NASCAR team, a big NASCAR team, I, I mean, you'd almost have to be there just because of sponsoring reasons. Yes, exactly. Not, you're just shooting yourself in the foot and then put them in a bad situation where they might pull out who knows i just i think it's going to be interesting i think you're going to see be seeing some guys be super aggressive yeah and you might see the veterans be super conservative because they know if i destroy this car i might lose a chance at making it to daytona yes yeah and i think that's going to be really really important now uh, for those of you guys who don't know the the format is actually broken up into two days and it's it, on the first day there is so f this friday the 5th uh 12 30 p.m eastern they're running the practice now that's going to be on fox sports 2 and then also mrn um which you know I, everything's going to be on mrn this this weekend but then at 8 30 p.m eastern they're actually going to do the single car qualifying now after they do the qualifying they're done for friday night then Saturday night, this is when they come back, and they'll be at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that's when they're going to be running their heat races. Now, there's going to be four heat races. And so that, I, I, like I said, I think there was, you know, there's north of 30 cars. It's north of 30 under 40. So you're going to be looking at, you know, eight or nine cars per heat race on the track so with four of them so that's going to be that's going to be really interesting and then they're going to be running two last chance qualifiers to finish out the field and then basically the feature the main event is going to be at six o'clock eastern so that's the schedule that they've got um practices on fox sports 2 qualifying is fox sports 1 and then saturday everything is on the main fox channel so will be really interesting to see what happens um i'm i'm looking forward to watching it just because it's different um which is you know i that's something that nascar is shooting for and we'll have to wait and see if it if it uh you know turns out to be a good thing yeah and and i i gotta agree i'm looking forward to seeing it i'm, I'm curious to see how the car is going to drive and i've not drove the new package yet on iRacing or even at the coliseum on iRacing but from the sounds of it, you got to almost treat it like a dirt car on a slick track. I think it's going to come down to throttle control, throttle control, throttle control. And the good thing is with a new car, the braking package is a hell of a lot better than what it used to be. So, I mean, oh my that's God. But like we've seen in the pro 
or I'm going to say the Pro Series race. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're going to see definitely probably one lane in order to make a pass. You have to pounce on a guy early. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I have driven the that the, the car that we've got now. I mean, it's not – I don't – they keep referring to it as the next gen. I don't. I don't know why we just don't call it the Gen Seven now, because that's it's what it is. Or it's not next. It's up, and I've driven it a ton on the sim. And um, you know, and one thing you know to note, just like we were talking about how NASCAR uses iRacing as a tool for the tracks and and stuff like that, they use iRacing as a tool for the cars. Um, you know, the, there's teams that have been working with iRacing and vice versa on these cars. So these things are, are they 100% accurate? No, of course not. They're, it's it's going to be almost impossible to get the, to get them 100% accurate, right? Even if you go to, you know, Mercedes Patronus, right, on the F1 team, like their sim is not going to be 100% accurate, okay? So it, it's never going to happen, but it is a good representation in terms of simulation and that car is incredibly hard to drive since they upped that that horsepower and they took away the downforce the downforce numbers and keep in mind this is downforce the way that i calculate it in a tool that i use called motec which is a telemetry software the downforce difference by cutting that spoiler down to four inches was huge it was huge. And the thing is, is that these guys at this track, they're not going to be going anywhere near fast enough where downforce is going to actually matter. One thing that people don't understand is, is you got to be moving pretty fast for downforce to really come into play, right? It's why when you see those guys cruising around your local town, right, and they're in the front wheel drive car and they've got the big, huge wing on the back, it's like, dude, that does nothing. Like, they're, they, if you, Tell me that that is for looks. I'm fine. Do not tell me that gives you better grip because you don't. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Man. Your 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 uh you know your your Toyota Yaris is not going fast enough for that big spoiler on the back to come into play, and that's how it's going to be with these guys. It's there's not downforce is not going to matter. It's going to be strictly grip, you know, and how you like you said throttle control, how you can control that thing. So it's going to be interesting to see. I know that you know. I, NASCAR had said that 70 70% of the tickets sold for this event were new NASCAR fans. Now how they knew that, how they determined that or know that, I I don't I haven't quite heard, but that's a that's a big big deal. Um, you know, I I, I and part of me wonders if that's a good thing and part of me wonders if it's a bad thing you know if people come out to this and they love it and they expect to see this kind of racing throughout the season they're going to be kind of disappointed because there's nothing else like this on the track or on the schedule right i mean the closest thing to this would be what martinsville uh bristol maybe you know if you if you look at just you know a half mile that's fast i mean this track isn't fast but it's just beating and banging so it'll be interesting to see how how this plays out afterwards in terms of fans and, and, you know, interests and, and stuff. But yeah, definitely, definitely we'll be watching uh, this weekend to see what happens with the clash. Who's your, who's your pick for the clash, Keith? We might as well, uh, we might as well make a pick. Who's your pick? Let's see. I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney. You know what? Part of me, I mean, I would like to just pick Kyle Larson because it's it's just it's Kyle Larson. Um, you know, it's like using a cheat code, Tom. Yeah, it really is though. That's the thing, man. It's like it's like, oh, you're gonna use that cheat code again? You know? Oh, yeah, that that's cool. So I'm gonna go a different route. I'm actually, you know, who I'm gonna go with is I'm gonna go with Kyle Busch. I think, I the, like yeah, I think the the short track guys, you know, those guys who are used to this type, I think it's gonna be an advantage for them which is one of the reasons i wanted to pick kyle larson just because he's raced everything on yeah. everything so but yeah i'm gonna go with kyle bush i think kyle bush is definitely gonna be because i can tell you now kyle bush has zero qualms about moving someone out the way he will not that will not be a factor him worrying about that so i'm gonna i'm gonna switch mine okay i don't mind blaney now i'm gonna take chase briscoe there you go that's a that's a good one i like it good I just like Arca and look at all the Salem Speedway comes to mind when mm -hmm. I look at LCM Anderson, all them little yep. 
your tracks. Yep. All right. All right, you guys. Well, we are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we got some big news with the Chili Bowl winner, Tanner Thorson, and some really, really interesting stuff coming out of the world of Outlaws. A big name is missing off a marquee series, and we got to figure out what is going on. So we'll cover that when we get back. All right, welcome back, everybody. So we've got big news coming out after the Chili Bowl win from our man Tanner Dorson. And Keith actually sent this to me. I mean, it was, was it that day? I think it was that day we were. Um, The day that I sent it to you? Yeah, it had to be that day. Yeah. Yeah. So we had done the pod for our Chili Bowl pod, and I was actually doing a live stream, and Keith came on and yeah, sent it was me. Later a, that night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was later that night, and Keith sent me a thing. Was like, check your messages, and I looked, and there it was. Tanner Thorson gonna be, as it said, winging it. He's gonna be running the wing cars this this year. Um, one more USAC guy that's moving over to the wing series, and like we talked about, Keith, the the big proponent behind this is money it's financial yeah and unfortunately i think it's just gonna keep trickling down i think as the off season progresses i think you're you might see a couple more make the switch but i i was blown away when i seen it i was like whoa that's that's big that's real big and and to go not not to go all-star racing but they're going outlaw racing yes and that's the that's the thing is that we're seeing a lot of these guys just make the jump to the all-stars now there was already a couple of drivers last year who who had kind of moved over now obviously sunshine tyler courtney is the the big one i mean he had he went pretty much full-time wing racing now he went all-stars he did run outlaws but his main thing was was the all-stars he ended up winning the championship had a phenomenal season not only winning the championship he won the what was it the king's royal i mean he he had a incredible season and now you're seeing more and more of these guys making the jump over now obviously there were other you know brady bacon had actually you know been running races over on the wing side here and there so there was you know other guys that were doing it but now we've just seen this exodus of usac talent making the jump over and they're not just going all-star racing. They're they're running with the outlaws, and it's it's really interesting to see because this this year there's going to be, you know, normally there's only like what eight to ten guys who are actually that you would consider outlaws, right? I mean that there's yeah, give or take. Yeah, you know, I mean there's guys who will run the majority of the season. Guys who will run, you know, the the full season are the outlaws. But this year there's going to be, I mean. 14 15 16 guys roughly that are going to be running like 75 percent of the schedule if not more it's going to be really really interesting yeah and just going off but the press release that i found about tanner it looks like they're going to run 50 shows to start and then as they progress through the season they might run more um i did hear that he might still run some usac stuff here and there not a hundred percent sure on that, so don't quote me on it. But what a time to win yeah. the chili bowl and then turn around and drop a bomb on everybody because I mean nobody really knew what they were gonna do this year. Yeah. Then because I mean the AME team is a predominant USAC team. Yes, exactly. I, it blindsided everybody. Yep, exactly. So yeah, it's um, it's it's really really incredible to see these guys moving over like that you know and you know rico is going to be running the majority of the outlaw schedule this year um obviously he's not coming from usac he's been running all stars I and mean, he runs you know a lot of stuff but he's going to be coming over to run the majority of the outlaws which you know the good thing is is tanner does come from a wing background so yes. i mean at least he won't have to have the learning curve as some of the other guys i say learning curve and Tyler Courtney sure in the hell didn't have a learning curve. No, uh-uh. He didn't. He, he, was, <laughs> but, he was pretty good right out the gate. Yeah, fortunately for Tanner, he, he's got a good wing background, a good wing resume. So I'm excited to see him run. Yeah, I am too. You know, if you look at the the drivers this year, and it's it's as of right now, and from everything that I've heard, these are these guys are supposed to be 
you know, unless there's something changes and obviously more names will be added, but you know, you've got right now 14 guys that are, that are confirmed for the outlaws this next season. I mean, you know, obviously the, the ones that have been, you know, you got sweet and gravel and shots and, you know, Logan Shuhart, McFadden, those guys, but also, you know, Casey Kane's going to be running this, this season, the full-time outlaws from, from and, and what they're know, saying. And, I'm excited to see Casey Kane back in a sprint car full-time. I am too. I really am. Uh, Casey Kane was – that guy was incredible. Before he went cup racing, when he would show up in a dirt car, it was who's racing for second. Like it was that – he was that good. In, in on dirt, man, he really was. He and, was phenomenal, you know, and, and he looked good in the Roth car when he took over. Mm-hmm. He looked really good. Like I thought, it for sure he could have ripped off a couple wins. And I think him running the full season next year will give Brad Sweet and David Gravel and Logan Schuhart a good run for the championship. Hopefully, yeah. And now, and from what I've heard, and this seems to be confirmed, is he's going to be running his car this this full season. He's actually running the nine car and McFadden who ran the car. He's going over to the Roth car, the 83 car. So that's going to be good because I think Kane staying in one car the whole year will also help you. You know, there's really something to be said about, you know, uh, consistency with your team, right? You know, getting to know those guys and those guys getting to know you as a driver, you know, having been somebody who was that setup man who had to, you know, talk to the driver after every time they were on the track and figure out what to do next. The more you do it with guys, the easier it is to understand their, their, their lingo, to understand what the, what it is they're trying to tell you. Because believe it or not, and drivers now are much better than they used to be, just even, you know, 15 year 10 15 years ago but believe it or not a lot of these guys they're they don't they don't know everything about a race car right they they don't like there's some of them who they, they don't know the difference from loose and tight like they might be able to tell you like man it just cars sliding everywhere all right well what the hell does that mean you know what i mean like okay what are right. you talking about like are, <laughs> were you in the slick and you just weren't like what's going on so it the Sounds more like that first started <laughs> yeah you know what i mean the more that you can you can work with those guys and you're with them and you're and you're talking to them and you know what the driver likes and the driver can relay that it makes a difference for team consistency it's why you saw you know last year before the season ended i had picked sheldon hoddenshield as a dark horse to challenge brad sweet because hoddenshield had gone on that run he's been with that team a couple seasons now and you can see him just getting better and better and better and it's why i think he'll be a contender this year for the championship you know now that he's been with that team a a, a couple years like he is you know he's got something i think that is really special with what they're doing i think the same can be said for Casey Kane being with one team all year and that's his team right he knows those guys I think it'll be a really interesting story to follow him this year because I think he's going to have a really good season now is he keeping the same crew that was with McFadden or is he getting all new crew guys crew chief as far as I know it's the same team as far as I know it's the same team because that's his team you know the nine and the 49 are his team so as far as I know that's his team and you know the good thing is because you got to have a good personal relationship with your guys, and and the good thing is for Casey, he'll already have that good friendship with them, and he'll yes. get to know. He already knows who they are. It'll just be more of being confident with one mm-hmm. another. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, Tanner Thorson hopping over, running the wings this this year. Uh, another another USAC guy gone. Um, it's just, you know, and even even with the, you know, the 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 ones that are staying, you know, there's with the world of outlaws adding their extreme season, it is. It's interesting to see the number of drivers who are you know choosing to go that direction than USAC, you know, they're choosing to run now the. The Extreme Series, we talked about this, will not clash with the USAC Series. No, uh, and, and it's probably in their best interest to yes, not. Yes, it is. It is. 
but there's drivers that we've that I've heard about who are choosing to run a full extreme series and they'll they'll do that over a full USAC. Yes, they're still going to run USAC, but they would rather run the full extreme series. Well, and when you have limited resources and you're picking one over the other, it's just interesting to see that you've got this exodus towards World of Outlaws. Right. And and the good thing is with the elite, not the elite, with the extreme series is the races are spread out as far as dates go. Yes. Like USAC. And I'm not saying nothing bad about USAC. And, and there's what is it? Thirteen races. Yeah, there's thirteen or fourteen races. Yeah, championship pays twenty grand to be to win the championship. I think that's that's really good for thirteen races. You, yep. you, I don't think you'll go anywhere else and find it. And and what I've noticed the past couple weeks is there's a lot of old USAC teams coming back just to run the Extreme Series. I mean, Scott Benick, a big name in Indiana, owns Benick Enterprises. Mm-hmm. He, he brought his 2B team back that Brian Clausen used to run for. And Shane Wade's coming back with the, the Amati team. And I think you're going to continue to see it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's going to be going to be uh, really I'm, I'm looking forward. I haven't been looking forward to a dirt season this much in a long time just because of, you know, everything and, and- that's happening. The good thing is as a fan now, because I mean, let's face it, we're fans now. Yes, exactly. It, it gives us a lot more to to watch. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really does. So it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. I'm looking forward to. It. We just got a couple. We got a couple weeks, man. I mean, they're already you know you already got racing going on down in Florida. USAC kicking off next weekend. Yep, USAC's kicking Dirt off next Dirt. weekend. Yep, and I mean Dirt Card Nationals. I mean they're starting on. Uh, what is it? This next week? What is it? Yeah. The tenth, I think. So the I think it's the seventh to the tenth. The the whole thing, but the outlaws start on the tenth. The seventh, I think, is the uh, is that the dirt car, or the super dirt car series. I can't remember. I'd have to look I, at the schedule. There's so much stuff. There's going, so much on. stuff going on down. There. I mean, basically every major series is down there. So yeah, but that brings us to something interesting and keith just you pointed this out to me right before we went live and so we i've not had a bunch of time to look into this i mean we tried really quickly um but i could not find anything so me and keith were talking before the pod about something else that me and him are going to be talking about here in just a minute with when it comes to power eye but keith pointed out to me he said hey man look at the Look at the the World of Outlaws late models. What's missing? And I look, and Morton Buildings is no longer the sponsor of the the late model series. Um, the name's just gone. It's just gone. And it's not like a typo where it's like, oh, like there's something wrong with the website. Like, no, it's pulled from everything. We can't find nothing. It's just None. like all of a sudden they've vanished. And, and it's weird because, I mean, like I told you before we started, Morton Buildings has not came out with a press release. The Outlaws haven't came out with one. It's just disappeared. It's gone. Something happened, and I think something major happened, and I just I can't find nothing on it, or we can't. And, and, and I'm very curious to know what happened, how it happened, and and why it happened. Yes, exactly. So it it's uh, it's. It's incredible, and and so there for there to be no, um, no, and nothing. I mean, not a not a social media post, not anybody talking about it. Just nothing. Not even a tweet saying, "Hey, Morton Buildings, you know, is gone. Thank you for your your partnership." All these. I mean, just nothing. They just vanished, and I I am just dumbfounded by that. And you know, I'd almost be. If I was a World of Outlaw late model driver, I think I would be a little nervous knowing that Morton Buildings is gone. So now it's like, okay, where's the where's the point money coming from for the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Where, 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 where's the purse money coming from? There's just that uncertainty there. Hopefully, and I'm sure the World Racing Group has something in the works. I mean, you would definitely hope that they do. Yes. I could see them running a full season without a primary, of a premier series sponsor. Yes. Yes, it's it's the the amount of money that it costs to to put that on. There's I there, I don't think there's any way possible they could do it. It's, no, not, it's huge. It's astronomical. Not, not when they 
give tow money and and of course the purses for the points and you got I don't know how many teams they have fallen the word of outlaws. I don't really pay attention to it a whole whole lot, but I would assume you got twenty guys traveling the country like the sprint car guys and now it's up in the air of what happened yeah. to the sniper. Yeah, well on the late model side they've got they've got close to twenty. It's like eighteen or nineteen that are basically confirmed for um the the late model series. And I know from just the stuff that I've heard from talking to people and stuff like that. I have a buddy um who has friends who are, you know, late in, in on the not just the, the late models, but the uh the Lucas Oil series as well. And they talk about the cost of it and it's it's astronomical. I mean it's absolutely astronomical. And when you're the, the, the world of outlaws, see, and this is something that people don't understand when you are part of the world of outlaws, right? When you're a, a Brandon Shepard, right? What you talk about on the, on the late model side, or you look at like the sprint car side, right? If you're a Brad sweet or a David Gravel or something like that, when you're, when you're these guys or when you're an outlaw and your series comes to town, understand you're essentially being paid to show up, right? The outlaws are being paid to show up. Now they're not being paid a ton. I mean, obviously you got to buy your outlaw credentials for the year and all that stuff like that. I mean, it's a big investment. But these series, the way that you know to not have a primary sponsor like you're talking, like we were talking about, is a massive cost because here's the deal: that money's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. Yes, you know, tracks who bring them in. There's you know all these deals worked out and money and stuff like that. Hey, you guys, you bring your tour to our town, our track. We'll get people to show up. We both can make money. We, you know, we'll pay you to do this to bring them. We'll both make money. Everyone will be happy. But here's the deal: in order to get the outlaws to show up, you got to have a purse. You got to be paying them, right? You got all these different things, and if it's got to come out of your pocket. It's got to come out of you know the world of outlaws pocket instead of Morton Buildings. If it's on a sponsor deal, that's 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 huge because it's a lot of money. Like we were talking about everybody making the move over to the wing sprint cars because of financial reasons. Well, understand the the late models those that financially they're a big deal as well. Okay, there's a lot of, these guys are the guys who are outlaws. They are this is what they do for a living. It's it's big big bucks. They're not they're not making four grand. To win a race, you're talking 10, 15, 20 grand on a normal points night. With they've got huge shows where you know you talk about the Dream or you know the the World 100 or the Firecracker 100. These are you know fifty, hundred thousand dollar purses. So you've got to have that primary sponsor, and it's going to be interesting to see where it comes from. Right, and and not a lot of people know, and I found this out from the track promoter here where I'm at. He pays like. 10 grand a year or something just for outlaws to come to Lawrenceburg. Yes. Yes. It's and, not cheap. No. And, and I don't think a series could survive off of that running 80 some races that they do on the outlaw side. There, there's no way that they could survive without a premier sponsor. No. But I'm, like I said, I th I'm almost sure that they've got to have a backup plan. You have yes. to. Well, yeah, you have to because stuff, stuff happens. Um, just as a business owner myself, I can tell you right now that you have to have some kind of operating capital in reserve, right? right? I mean, obviously, I'm not running a Fortune 500 company, but if something were to happen tomorrow where the funds were just dried up, like all of a sudden it's just like boom, done, you're, you know, you're, you're, your business is not getting another dollar, I've got 30 days of operating expenses just in reserve, okay? And most good businesses will. Now, I don't know what the outlaws are doing. I would imagine that they've got to have some kind of reserve because when you're when you're tied to sponsorships, right? When your livelihood is dependent upon another company, right? Another a, a partnership, a, a deal like this, I would imagine you got to have some kind of backup. But you know, to have essentially eight months worth of backup, I don't know nine months. You know, that's that's another story. So. We'll have to see what happens, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. The the season's uh, getting off to a crazy crazy start. A very very interesting, and I just I can't believe nobody else has caught caught that the Morton Building's name is gone. Yeah. But then again, if you're not paying attention to it, you're not gonna know. I just yeah. have to stumble upon it and was like, huh, that's weird. Yeah, 
exactly you know exactly but that brings up another thing that you wanted to share with us because you told me about this before too and this was really really cool now for those of you guys who don't know me and keith are both avid sim racers as well um i am actually a i i i am a professional sim racer now when i say i'm a professional sim racer i don't make a living off of my sim racing winnings i have a business that has different brands under it that all operate in the sim racing space and that is what i do for a living that is my job and keith is someone who ran together now for a long time a couple years now and that was actually how we got introduced to each other and so keith has been doing this for a long time as well and you were telling me you've got some really really cool new news going on um or you know coming up here relatively soon yeah um so couple weeks ago i was approached by lsr tv one of the main guys over there in charge of it we he brought up a conversation of promoting a non-wing sprint car division and i racing and so i said yeah we can sit down and talk about it and then little did i know that power eye is going to be jump starting a power eye sprint car series they're bringing that to iRacing in hopes to bring the non-wing Pro Series back. Now, it could be huge. Um, unfortunately, USAC did have one. I don't know what happened, but it, it completely went away. Yes. So use Power Eyes trying to fill that void, which is good. Good for the sim racing community. Yes. But, uh, it is. And then they got they're they're just as excited about it as the people that are joining, signing up to run it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to working with Power Eye through the uh, February 17th is when it kicks off, and we're, it's going to run from February 17th to April 21st. And the good thing is that door is going to open up a a ton more because Power Eye is going to make the jump to to sim racing there they want to be predominant in the sim racing community they made it well known in the little sit down talk conversations that i had with them and um not only are they bringing that but they got a bunch of invitational stuff coming up some big money purse races that will be announced later on down the road this is just more of let's get our feet wet see how this operates before we make the a hundred percent jump to iRacing, but it, it could be very big for everybody. Yes, it could be. And that's really, really cool because that's something that we don't have um, enough of, in my opinion, in terms of the um, big name, you know, big time series. Now, one of the things that, and this is something that we've been working on with, with my business, and I've actually got really big plans coming up this year for a really big big you know series um when we first when i first started my business um you know which is i like i said i've got i've got a, a a company that we've got three different brands that operate in the sim racing space and you know last year when we started actually you know making this thing work and realizing that hey we could there's a lot of really cool stuff that we could do here one of the things that i wanted to do was my goal was i want to make sim racing the you know put it at the top in terms of esports i've always argued keith can attest to this that race fans are the most diehard dedicated fans that you'll ever meet right how you i can go name you 10 people off the top of my head that if you ask them what beer they drink they will tell you budweiser or coors or bush or whatever and it's directly tied to a driver or a race team that you know what i mean like that that's why they drink it. I know people to this day that still drink Budweiser because of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Period. Oh, End of story. Point one. You know what I mean? I, I know a lot of them too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and there, there's no fans that are more hardcore. None of them. There's no fan. You'll never meet a football, a fan of the NFL, right? As much as and diehard as they are, but you'll never meet a fan of the NFL who's like, no, no, no. I only drink Pepsi because that's the official soft drink of my team. You'll never meet that. But in racing, you will. Now, racing obviously is not as big in terms of these other, you know, big sports when you talk about NBA or anything like that. And even in the esports space, when you look at things like Call of Duty or Fortnite or whatever, but there's still a big market there for it. 
And in my opinion, I think, you know, what iRacing has done is incredible, but there's still so much more. I think we're just scratching the surface in terms of what sim racing can be. And people like PowerEye wanting to do this, I think, is just an awesome indication of what's possible, what we could see in the future. It's really, really cool. Yeah, and and I they did a uh, PowerEye I Nationals last year with the midgets, and that was just the stepping stone. And once when they seen how much of attention that it brought, they, I mean, we've been working on this deal. Or let me let me backtrack. The guy from LSR TV and Power Eye's been working on this deal since yeah. last year. Yeah, and it, it it's a matter of getting all the footwork done. And now that Power Eye's making the jump, it just goes to show how important esports is starting to become as it far is. as racing and and the non wing stuff. Like like me and a friend of mine, we were talking. If you look at iRacing just in general, as far as leagues and series goes, you might find two non-wing series, two non-wing leagues. Yes. They, they're the only dirt car, I would say, that doesn't get nearly as much love as they should. Mm-hmm. So the good yep. thing is, is it's going to benefit everybody, I think, and I hope. I hope it goes over really, really well because, like I said, it's just going to open up so much more avenues yeah, it is. It is going to open up a lot more avenues. Um, it'll be really, really interesting to to see what happens with it and, and where we go from here. Um, you know, we just we just had the World of Outlaws wrap up on the sim racing side. Um, and for those of you guys who who don't know the 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 i racing World of Outlaws championship series that is a real that is a outlaw sanctioned series um i have you know friends there's drivers on my team who who were who ran the the outlaws this year they qualified for it and you receive an email that says this is an outlaw sanctioned series and it should be treated as such i mean it's it's the world of outlaws it's just the the esports sim racing side exactly you know to see power eye coming in like this it's it's really, really cool. It, it's very cool. But to give a little more detail on it for the listeners, um, so the Power Eye Sprint Car Series will kick off February 17th. It will run every Thursday night from the 17th to the 21st. Every race will be live on LSR TV at 8 o'clock. And just to break down the schedule, um, the first race for the Power Eye Series is February 17th at Eldora. Then February 24th at Lima, March 3rd at Fairbury, March 10th at Cedar Lake, March 17th at Knoxville, March 24th will be at Lernerville, March 31st at Charlotte, April 7th USA Raceway, April 14th Williams Grove, and then April 21st will be the championship race at Kokomo. There you go. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> and the good thing is, is we, we've talked and Power Eyes well aware of the new dirt tracks coming. So as they come before the season's over, they will be introduced into the schedule. They'll be added. They'll be ran. Um, it should be exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I 55 or, uh, can take over USA, get Williams Grove out of there. <laughs> yeah. They take Williams Grove out for people in there. That, that's speaking more God, those, those freaking cars, those, tra- those tracks are so hard in those cars. It's not even funny, man. Jeez. They're scary. And yeah. I can only imagine how it is in real life. I can't They're even imagine how it is in real life. I can't even imagine how it is in real life. It, it was, it was and I, the first time I ever ran in the sim at Williams Grove. It took me 30 minutes just to not slide into the wall going into turn one. And I was like, how in the, do these guys do this? And I was actually on YouTube watching videos of it. And then I, I just, I like just threw up my hands after riding around with Brady Bacon, you know, for 10 minutes. I'm like, screw it. I just, I'm like, yeah, I give up. I don't know how he's doing it. I can't pitch it sideways at the flag stand and just back it in. I'm like, I just, I can't do it. So I could, yeah. could you imagine doing that there at I, Williams Grove in a silver crown car? 
I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible the way that those guys can run that track. I understand the wing cars there. I even understand the late models at Williams Grove. And that's the thing about Williams Grove is it's essentially you've got two drag strips with these paperclip turns. You know? Oh, and you can bust your ass really quick in three and four. Cause exactly. Oh, my God. It gets narrow quick. And that track is fast and it's flat. People don't realize that have never raced before. They don't realize how big of a deal banking is. It's such a huge deal when you talk about helping you get a car to turn, especially something that doesn't have a wing on it, right? It's one thing in the wing cars, right? You just turn it left, the thing just wings over and, and, and there you go, right? When you don't have a wing, when it's like, oh, you mean I got to actually pitch this thing sideways at the flag stand and, and back it into the dirt? Like it's, it's nuts, dude. It's nuts. Uh, and in a silver crown car that's bigger and heavier, I just, yeah, it's, it's mind boggling. Nope, I don't think I could do it. A friend of mine, Ronnie Wooderman, he runs a silver crown car, and he actually got upside down into three and four, and it it ruined their season. I mean, oh, I it, bet it destroyed the car. There was nothing left to it. It was it was terrible. It was terrifying to watch just from home. Yeah, I bet it's um, it's just it's really it's really really uh. It's it's just oh my god it's just amazing it's just amazing I don't even know what else to say about it it's just incredible to see what those guys can do at at a track like that because it, it is such a difficult track so yeah I just man gonna be gonna be inter gonna be gonna be crazy but yeah so Power Eyes coming to the sim racing space definitely looking forward to that that's gonna be a lot of fun um I'm definitely looking forward to see how that how that pans out. Um, and like I said, you know, we just had the world of outlaws wrap up, uh, Cameron Merriman just won the championship. Uh, Alex Bergeron, three-time defending champion, uh, Merriman was able to dethrone him. So, and it's the first, that's the first American champion we've had in that series ever since that series was created. And think about that. For Never a been an American winner. You know, Tim Ryan from Australia the first year and Bergeron from Canada the next three. So it's just nuts, man. It's it's crazy. And so very, very cool to see um what's happening with sim racing. And like I said, you know, Power Eye coming over is it's it's gonna be cool, man. So yeah, a lot of interesting stuff happening. You know, it's it's 2022 is off to off to a a big start man we're, we're just just february 3rd and we've got all kinds of things happening across the you know a bunch of different racing fronts so definitely definitely going to be cool yeah and like i told you before I, i'm super excited for the power eye stuff because the good thing is with the world of outlaws stuff ending already a bunch of them guys have already sent in signups for it so it, it should be real exciting yeah it should be so we'll definitely we'll definitely monitor that as we uh, as we go through the the rest of the year here with the pod. But you guys, that's gonna do it all for today's episode. Now, a couple things really quick. Um, we are getting a different email for because I've been having people ask me, "Hey, Tommy, what happened to the ass Tommy?" Um, I'm actually we're getting a different name for that because I'm you know now that Keith's on here full time, I'm we're kind of rebranding everything. I've got new artwork that should be coming here hopefully soon. Um, we'll probably be doing some social media stuff. I don't know how much, but you know, a, a page or something for, for the podcast. And then we'll get the, the, you know, ask, ask Tommy and Keith or something. I gotta, I gotta get a new email for that. So we'll get that as soon as I got that for you guys, I'll let you guys know in the next pod. Also, um, this will be the, uh, this is our last. So hold on. What were we? We've been going every other week, and I think we've got one more like that, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, see, next week is the 10th, and then we've got our, what would be the 17th. So, yeah. All right. So, we got the pod today, and then we will be back the 17th. After that, we go to every week after that, because racing will be back in full swing. So we'll be back to every week. Um, I know a lot of you guys have reached out to me asking us to do more than one day a week. Right now, that's really tough for for not only myself, but also Keith. Um, 
and we do. Unfortunately, we're not to the point where this podcast is our job. So right now we just do it because it's I wish fun. it was, but it's yeah, not. I wish it was, <laughs> but we got a ways to go. So so we'll be back to every week once a week. Um, you know, starting on the 17th, we'll be back for that. So and hopefully all that stuff that I just talked about, the, the rebranding and the, the the website and everything else uh we'll have up and up and running. So that's gonna do it all for today's pod. Keith, my man, take care. Survive that uh catastrophic ice out there, brother. Yeah, hopefully we don't lose power and I don't freeze to death. There you go. That would not be good. No, need to get yourself <laughs> a be, generator. <laughs> I'd love to be on the next episode of the podcast. And yes, exactly. There, there's um, not a generator to be found in this area right now. No, there <laughs> usually never is because that's when everybody gets some storms coming and it's like, oh, we better get a generator. So, yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully power will stay on and you'll get through that storm. But, I'm sure we will. But that's going to do it for us, you guys. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Please make sure to like, share, subscribe to the show, all that good stuff. We're on every podcast place that you can find. If you're on a, if you're on, if you're on Apple, go to Apple iTunes or Apple Pods, whatever the heck it's called. And if you're on basically anything else, just head over to Spotify. Those are the two easiest places to find us. And make sure, like I said, give us a, a, a share, a like, and a rating and review. But that's going to do it. Thank you guys very much. Until the 17th, take care.